We're, we're going to start recording now because it's going to be jolly, yes, isn't it? So, so it's, it's the 4th of November, it's the Grouchy Club uh, podcast. You sure this thing's on, John? Yes, it's uh, me, Kate Copstick, and special guest, because we've decided our guests on now. Uh, Chris, uh, well, we've Chris... basically decided that we're too irritating and dull on our own to warrant people listening. Not not we. Uh, Chris Dangerfield. Hi. Uh, who's Chris Dangerfield? Explain who Well, Chris first of all, I'd is. like to know Chris because it's very important. You know Chris? I know Chris, but... I want to ask him, because it's very important, and we're doing this correctly, John, well, some of us are, at least attempting to, what is your preferred pronoun, Chris? <laughs> because it's very important these days. You never know. That's good. And, you know, you're an adventurous person, uh, so anything could have happened. You know, it could, you could, it could be sheep by now. There was a lad in one of these crazy American universities where, when you joined... John, it's not a good time to be no. filling with biscuits. No. He's, fin- he's getting his chocolate out, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's what you call it nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Carry yeah. on. Um, in one of these American universities, because all this social justice has taken over the... Uh, Bag of shite. Yeah, yeah, really insane. I mean, did you go to university? I did. Likewise, and what a time I had. Oh, it was fantastic. And what I'm seeing now is quite the opposite. Oh, of... safe spaces. Mm. Your entire youth is meant to be an unsafe space. That's mm. the point of it. Uh, exactly. It's, it's the opposite of what it should be. I didn't um, go to university. I had no youth. Yeah, well, give yourself time, John. Eat right, your chocolate. <laughs> anyway, carry on. You Eat your you... chocolate. Well, um, in one of these universities, when you sign up, when you enrol now, on yep. the enrolment form, they ask you for your preferred pronoun. Oh, fuck off. And so this bloke subverted it. He said, yeah, no problem. Mine is His Majesty. Excellent. And of course, because these people have made these rules, yep. it's kind of worked it against them. They have got nothing in place to um, use that to say he can't. So he is now. Oh. And then if he wanted to, he could use the same legal situations that they've got in place to protect their what would you, I don't know co- politically correct preferred yep. pronouns yep. to, uh, to uh, call him His Majesty. So I'd probably go for something like that. Excellent. His Majesty. Is awesome. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, the, wangle. Talking of which, uh, the cunt's last performance is tomorrow. As you know, in, and the gang? As in, yes, in cunt and the gang, last ever performance. Why? I don't know. How can we have come to the end of cunt? <laughs> well, that's probably part of this preferred pronoun stuff, well, yeah. well, isn't it? You Why? See, He's giving up. He's moved on. Have, have we changed rules here? You, you, you're going off subject, and I'm there, man, trying to get it back to comedy and back to. Well, no, you were the one that brought up cunts. And, and the last... Anyway, right, so... Chris Dangerfield. He's got a YouTube channel. Okay. You see, now, I yeah, yeah, remember yeah. Chris very fondly. I'm sure you do. Because uh, in an Edinburgh where, you know, the average grown-up is up to their fucking nipples in middle-class, pointless children doing hour-long stories of, ooh, I was really naughty <laughs> in my summer holidays. I once got really drunk and I don't remember what I did and then I woke up and I still had my clothes on. Uh, or, you know, I once saw a porno film and I, I had a bit of a hard-on, well, it's only a semi-really. And you go, well, yeah, and... You go, I saw Chris's show, which it was the, it was the one where you ended up trapped in a bathroom, bleeding profusely from your sex, arse. Sex tourist, yeah, 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 with, yeah. With, with Bangkokian police in the room or yeah. something and, and two prostitutes. That's right, yeah, yeah. And it was just like the only, well, one of the very few, main, all the times were in Chris's show, like, show, really, where I thought, you know, I have never done that. Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, I brought something new exactly. to the table. Yeah, yeah. There was some, you know... You left something, you know, comedically, to which I could aspire. You, you opened my eyes to the possibility 
uh, of new and, and different experiences, which I think is one of the things that comedy should be about. And until I saw that show, uh, I just... Comedy didn't give me. Oh, amazing. That's amazing. But now ramming whatever it was, half a kilo of heroin up your arse <laughs> and being trapped, bleeding profusely in a Bangkokian toilet, I thought, wow, so that's what it's like. Wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't this be great if we never let him speak? We have him as a special guest and he never actually said it. Oh, I'm all right with that. This is all right, speak, yeah. speak. Yeah. So, but you've got, you've got there a YouTube channel. Yes, I've just started one a couple of weeks ago. It's going crazy well. Subscribers are going up every day. I'm putting out about three videos a day. Of yeah. what? Of what? Um, um, well, it's kind of a mixed bag, really. They're, I've made some playlists, so there's one which is... Please and... tell me they're appalling. <coughs> I mean, you know, yeah. morally reprehensible. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, without doubt. I mean, they're much the same as my shows, really. It's me telling Geek. stories. But there's some kind of political stuff there. There's some anti-social justice stuff. And Good. The feminists get a, a slap around. Good. Anti, um, anti-social justice? Yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's nostalgia. Well, why, why anti-social justice? Because it's a mess. You're not on the ball really here, John. This, have you not... No, he's not. These preferred pronouns are part of this. The attack on free speech is part of this. This is going on. Look, you know the Canadian... The saying of boo to a goose is now not allowed. Canadian comedian, what's his name? Mike Wall. Yeah. £42,000 yep. dollar fine. Yep. Because he made a, what they call, sick joke. He just made a joke. Yep. As far as I can work out, he's been fined. Gaza got fined. They said it was a racist oh, joke. Oh, that was pathetic. It's a joke about race, but that's not a racist joke. And this is really happening. And, you know, I think the ball's rolling and we'll continue to gather uh, momentum. There's a very small militant group of... Um, Humorless cunts. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they're called. And they're, they're making trouble. They're causing... They're, they're, they're creating legislation. Um, do you know what's going on in Toronto, Jordan yes. Peterson? Yes, I don't, I don't. Toronto, Well, he's, he's refusing. He's, he's a tenured professor at the University of Toronto. Tenured professor? <laughs> you see? You see how irritating no, it is? You see? You see how irritating it is? <laughs> and, and Shut up and eat your Thornton's caramel <laughs> shortcake, John. <laughs> they're very nice, though. I can just... Uh, <laughs> you're, um, not, you're not talking rubbish here, you know, Thornton's. Oh, no. Right, go. Yeah, so he's... Refusing, they've there's this there's new legislation for a minority of trans people, and, and often not actually trans people, other people speaking for them. Social justice likes to do that. It's often people yep. helping other people, uh, supposedly, and they're making it law that he has to use people's preferred pronouns, which includes things like Z, Z, Zia, Peer, Zexia. Yes, in New York, there's 32 that have gone down in law. 32 gender pronouns. Um, what, what's a Z? I think it's, just... it's, it's a well, you know, it's with, for, for these people who say, uh, I, I don't identify, uh, I don't have a binary sexuality, which means basically you're a little bit Arthur and a little bit Martha, and sometimes <laughs> you're Arthur and Martha uh, at the same time, and sometimes you're Arthur and Martha on different days. But... It's not that complicated, and I don't think we need new fucking pronouns for no, it. And the weird thing is, I, you know, I live in Soho, I've got loads of trans friends, and they, they know nothing about this, because they're being spoken for on the whole. And, and what most of them have on said the to me is... <laughs> <laughs> Which hole was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it used to be, now it's... Uh, well, you probably can't even say hole. No, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, all this is going on. So that's why there's some anti-social justice stuff in my um, YouTube because they talk shite. A bag in a world where there's all kinds of horrible things happening, I don't think pronouns should be anywhere on a list of priorities of ways to make the world better. No, they're, they're just... They're from an entitled generation. Uh, they're overcompensating for having a lack of anything else to bring to the table. It's attention-seeking. They want to be special. They want, you know, and that's it. Mm. 
you know, the one that really gets me is uh, there's, there's some social justice warriors, and, and again, not trans people, speaking for trans people, saying that they should be, their preferred pronoun should be they as an individual. Mm. Are they John Fleming? Yeah. No, you know, uh, I, met, I met John Fleming yesterday. They looked really rather no, good. No, because that's the one instance when they does... His use is a singular. <laughs> Your example crippled us there, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's... Well, I think comedy's in trouble. It, oh, massively. If, if, look at my show. If I'd someone, love if, to. If someone Where wanted, can I find it? <laughs> it's Chris Dangerfield on YouTube at the moment. <laughs> if, if someone wanted to take me to court, I would get yeah. done. Yeah. And, and that's probably the same for probably half of the comedians working today. How I'd would say. you get done? Because you can. If someone can, if, if that is a, a racist joke when Gaza said, yeah. I can only see the whites of your eyes, I make jokes about white people's skin all the time. If they're under a lie, mm. I can barely see them, and I'll say that. And no one bats an eyelid. If they wanted to, they could. Because what's happening is this stuff is now, freedom of speech is over because hate speech has been invented. Mm. And hate speech is just the end of free speech because anything can be classed as hate speech if you, if you, if you nominate it. It's almost like that. You go, to, you go to court and you say, look, he said this, this is hateful, this is yep. inciting. And it can it's anything like you know if a really thin like a supermodel goes oh stand sideways we can't see you mm. that could be anti-anorexic mm. hate speech and it's happening this isn't stuff that might happen I could probably find yep. you an example of that so yeah so I think so your YouTube channel has been controversial there is no don't dismiss no, it like that John, just being controversial actually John oh you know if people you know, it got to the point I was watching so much of this stuff and the third wave of feminism as well and what they're doing and what they've done to the history of feminism. I thought, I've got to do something about this. I need to feel like I'm taking some kind of responsibility as an artist, a comedian, whatever, not just making jokes about my willy, which I can do endlessly. Not most but, um, people do. Of course, but take some sort of responsibility. But that's not all the channel is. There is also just me rambling on about things that make me laugh. Filth. Hopefully. Yeah, plenty oh, of that. So, so filth, filth and political with a, with a small p. But you get to separate <coughs> in playlists, you know, it's not... But, it, you know, it <coughs> is... Um, when I say a small p. I just think it's... Like, <coughs> it, this, this irritating cough goes on throughout <coughs> the entire podcast. Yeah. Would you like a, a talk... On whatever that monstrous <laughs> thing is that Chris is cradling. We're, told, we're not supposed to mention his penis. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was All right, right, toke away. Um, well, so there you go. Actually, for the listener, what are you doing? You're smoking something or other. I'm, I'm on the vape, and it's weird because I, I wanted to stop smoking. I hated smoking. I didn't. It's, it's an embarrassing old sort of Dickensian habit. But you failed, haven't you? Well, no. I've um, I give up smoking, but now I've become a vapor, and you, you know it's quite an elaborate um, unit. I know that it's not one of those weird little white ones. Mm. It's become an obsession. I make my own coils. I make my own juices. Weirdly, I've become a vapor. That wasn't my plan. I just wanted to not be a smoker. So the next thing is to not be a vapor. Yeah, but va- even the word vapor sounds, you know, vapid. <laughs> it sounds. It sounds fee. It sounds unmanly. No, no, really, really, it yeah. It sounds unmanly. Even the item does, you know. There's Even though how much I hate smoking, I can, I can still appreciate... Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's a drug and it works. Yeah, and you're not going to stain your fingers <laughs> no. with that, are you? And it doesn't work. You're on them like a teat. It's all day long. Any vapour is on it all day long because it doesn't give you the drug you need. Have you made your own juices, crepes to <laughs> I've, I've, Yes, I used to make my own juices every morning. Oh. Yeah, and just, just by 
thinking about somebody that I admired sexually, I could juice right up, John. <laughs> to Dangerfield. Although, uh, in my advanced years, it's uh, it's mm, it's a bit desiccated. Oh my God, he's taking his clothes off. Oh, great, he's taking his clothes off. Oh, my God, his nipples are erect. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should note that <laughs> my, by mere mention of juicing I up... I got a bit hot under the car. Yeah, 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 he started to remove his clothes, and his nipples are... Positively erect. You could, I could hand you my coat on that. <laughs> um, uh, the vape's not always. He said, desperately trying to change the subject. Now, now the fact that our listener can't actually see your erect nipples, which we can. No, it's just going to. He actually. They. 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 they, they the Z uh, are just <laughs> going to have to uh, take my word for Chris's. Erect nipples. But, but did you decide to not do an audio podcast and you want to do a video? I don't think you video? want to be tapping the table. No, you don't want to be tapping the table, boom, John. Boom. That's going to sound very amateur. Well, I mean, He's a professional now. He knows about there it. There you go. You see, yeah. I had to buy a shock guard for exactly that. Wow. I've got a lovely microphone. Blue Yeti. It's a massive phallus on my desk. It really is. But I don't think any shock guard could guard against your material, Oh, Chris. there you go. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, incredible, yeah. isn't it? I just keep coming yeah, out. Yeah, I should yeah, think yeah. about doing this professionally. <laughs> Why did you do a, a video as opposed to an audio podcast, as it were? The nipples, John. The nipples. Ah. Uh. I'd done, I done about 32 audio podcasts. I had my hardcore fans download them every week. I was getting 350 downloads almost. How many know. are we getting, John? Oh, thousands. Yeah, so... Not all to Guatemala. It, it didn't move. Did not move. Right. And that's also why I moved into looking at social justice and other uh, things as well. Because... <coughs> you wanted the Andrew Lawrence effect. You know what? I wanted the bearing effect. What's, uh, the, what's the bearing effect? There's a Australian YouTuber. He came out of nowhere. He got. He timed it perfectly. Third wave, third wave feminism was everywhere. There was no release valve. No one was saying anything about it. This sort of cranky Australian turned up in in ten months. He got two hundred thousand subscribers. Oh, what did he do? Well, we must try it. it, John. It was just it was just a question of timing. But he makes videos and he and he makes jokes and <coughs> that's it. And I saw that happen. I was like, shit, that's got to be better than my 300. And he monetizes it. He left his job and he's now earning. You know, the, you wouldn't believe how much these YouTube people are earning. Really? Yeah, some of them. Some of these people are earning a couple of hundred thousand a month. What? Mm. And there's plenty of them. That's not like the doing, odd one. Doing what? Putting YouTube videos up. And you don't have to get your cock out or no, anything? No, you just monetize them. You know, do you get you know your cock out? No, not on the... Not yet, no. Right, I okay. mean, it's kind of tame. You, could, you could do that, cops do. <laughs> I pocket, could get my, my cock, cock out. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> seen my cock. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's money to be made. You know when you're watching a YouTube video and that little bar comes up yep. and at, at the beginning there's a video? Yeah. If you get in hundreds of thousands of views, you get paid for that. You don't have to do anything. Millions, surely. Millions Whoa. of views. Well, yeah, and they yeah. do. And, you know, if you look at this, YouTube is the second biggest search engine now after Google. Yeah. More oh. after Google, people go to YouTube to get their information as a search engine. They're in, you know, yeah, because there's, there's a lot of how to. I thought yeah. they went to my blog. Apparently not, John. How disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> now, more exciting, well, not, well, I think more excitingly. Than your YouTube channel. What's it called? Just just go to YouTube and type in Chris Dangerfield. You'll see a picture of me and you can go for it. Marvellous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more exciting than that, yeah. I hear there is talk by you and by me mainly uh, that you might be going back to Edinburgh with a live show. No. I want to. Yes? I want to. Then do it, Chris. Do it. I want to have an affair with Baby Spice, but you know. Really, out of all of them, that one? Really? No, Jerry Halliwell, but That's only in her sick. heyday when she was... 
with that Union Jack dress on. Oof. Well, he, he clearly doesn't want to talk about this. But I, 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 I stumped, Edinburgh, what's I stumped... the problem? You know, the, the, the only problem is, the, the real problem, I can make excuses, but the real problem is I have to run my business. And um... I, it's very hard getting three weeks off that. Remind us what your business is. I, I, I manufacture and retail lockpicks. It's bloody marvellous. Yeah. It's a very good, successful, busy company, you know. Just and you can't run that, I mean, online, presumably. You yeah. don't run around demonstrating, no, no, picking no. locks for people. Don't do it on YouTube. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Can't, can't, can't you run it in Edinburgh? Well, I have done. That's what I've done with sex tourists. I've done it with sex with children. But it is an ask, you know. It's getting up at when you seven say you, When you say you've done it with sex with children, we better explain that was the second show. Brilliant second show. Brilliant second show. That difficult second show, <laughs> and it was absolutely fucking phenomenal. That's great. Oh, thank take you Cops, take the Scotsman. That'll, yeah. be, that'll be on the posters. Yeah. Oh, you already said it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a good show, um, but it's very hard doing both. It's just a bit of a drag because I've got to get up, I've got to work, and there's, yeah. it's on my mind, and I want to be doing flyers, I want to be chatting to people, and, and I'm having to... Uh, and you can't get someone in to run it. I've got other. I've got staff. You know what, I, I'm not saying no. I want to do a show at Edinburgh. At the moment, I will be doing a show at Edinburgh, but... Have you got an idea for a show? What's it about? You know what? I never have, really, as much as I'd like to pretend. Now, one of the things, because a lot of the time what happens, I mean, there's nobody really much like you, apart from maybe Richard Gadd, I think of that. What the fuck is all that about? Like me, but the, like... The second most important person in the arts in Scotland. Cult, culture, culture. Culture, yes, get yes. to you know fuck. I've done, done a show about... I mean, about, he's brilliant, but... I've done a show about loads of um, childhood sexual abuse and really bared my soul and it barely got a mention. Yeah. And a year later, Richard absolutely yeah. cleaned up. <laughs> am, it, am I that shit? <laughs> it's, um, you've, you've never cleaned up, though, have you? No, yeah, it's just well, that's, we'll that's, that uh, <laughs> that's one of the things that... that um, it happens with singers, it happens with everyone. You know, they've had, they have a proper life full of shit and disappointment and doing things they shouldn't do. And then they do a show or an album or something about it, and it's absolutely fantastic. And then they get famous and a bit rich, and then they stop doing well, all yeah. the shit. Well, I mean, I'm, you... I'm still a failure, so I can still put out well, that's the work. Good. That's... <laughs> that's good. I mean, there can't be... You see, the thing is, you're looking disconcertingly... Clean and healthy. I can't. I, I feel terrible. I'm surprised. You well, said no, I, you look fantastic. You look just... I nearly wore my glasses, which I tend to do to help cover. What? Try and look a bit more rock and roll. Not going to cut it, Chris. I'm sorry. No, I need at least tracks on the arms to point me in the direction that somebody's life is not going to plan. No, okay. no, no I, I don't look at. I don't look at social media and Facebook. But I, I stumbled on some Facebook thing about you having a drip in your arm today. Ah, uh, yes, I was in hospital, John. Why were you in hospital? Uh, well, because I'm falling apart and they give me this stuff to... You've got to, you've got to go in and you go on a drip because it takes an hour to... You can't take it in a pill. What the hell it's is it? Fun. Oh, it's it's called alandronic acid. What? Not fun acid, no, tragically. Have you done that? I, it's the one thing... Oh, I was hoping for a yes. Uh, only because... Uh, done what? I just... People used to keep going, oh, yeah, look, I've... I have spent a lot of time repressing, right. Chris. No, I've that's never I'm very, that. very I've never good at repressing. Repressed. No. Oh, I'm massively no. repressed, John. This is only what I lay out. Yeah, so I'm, can I'm you like imagine this. the shit that's in here that I repress? <laughs> and I just think, I, I, if anything is going to come out, it, it can come out in dribs and drabs, and I will control it. I don't want to take a pill 
and then for it all to come back and hit me. You, that's you've made a great decision because there are some people and they say to me, "Oh, I really want to do that." I'm like, no, I don't think you should. And also, I, I wouldn't do it now. God yeah. no, too much going on in my life. When yeah. I was twenty, you wouldn't do what LSD. We're talking yeah. about acid was the link, but it's I don't even class it as a drug. It 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 I. To say I learned so much from it is crazy because the information was already there. I don't believe yeah, yeah, it comes yeah. from anywhere, but it certainly did put it in a in a in a way that I could understand it. I said yeah. this to John before. Like I had a, I was taken through a history of language, I was studying art and language. Yeah. But I laid back in the on the beautiful grounds in Totnes, starting to turn on a beautiful summer's evening with my dreadlocks and yep. beautiful women all running around and high cheekbones and. And uh, that was me. And You've still got the high cheekbones. <laughs> well, I was a very ugly child. And when I got to 16, I suddenly wasn't. And, and I had wow. dreadlocks. And it was, yeah. I went to art college. And I just, my art, my first art, no, my second art college, there was 300 students. Totnes, Dartington Art College. Um, more than half and were you women. Shagged 300 and... Well, more than half were women. Of the oh. remaining men, half of them were gay. Of the remaining straight men, half of them were upper middle class. So there was like six working class straight <laughs> men, and we <coughs> fucked the, Blood the whole month. Yeah, like four or five a week. Why, did, why, did, why did you go to two art colleges? Well, I went to loads. I went to Rochester first. Are you allowed to do that? Well, when I when I started college, I was getting a grant and a loan. I was part of that weird crossover yeah. year. I, you know, and I grew up with hearing that students were broke and the young ones. I was so rich as a student with a grant and a loan and selling narcotics. And in, a, in, a, in an art college, you cannot sell yeah. enough drugs. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> so I, I just had so much money and sex and drugs and, and learning. I, did, I wasn't a rubbish student. I made mm. the real effort. But I went to Rochester and done illustration. And then I started taking the acid. I didn't mm. want to design bank leaflets anymore. <laughs> and they sent me to Maidstone to do a foundation in fine art. So I'd done that. And then I went to Dartington to do three years of performance art. You know, cover yourself in flour, yeah. kick a bucket, read your mum's yep. diary, all that. And then I went to Leeds and done a master's degree in cultural studies. And it was just the most amazing seven years of my life. Because all my friends went to work. And I just thought, and well... you see, if you'd stopped there, that would be a really shit Edinburgh show. <laughs> that would be like yeah. the world's most boring, self-satisfied yeah. Edinburgh yeah. show ever. Just as well it all went horribly wrong. And it really did, yeah. <laughs> it really did. Wow. And it, and it went all wrong when I left university. I moved back to London, Soho, Bethnal Green. Why did it go wrong? She moved back to Soho. <laughs> you know, I, I just got on heroin. Exactly. It doesn't go well, and it doesn't go well very quickly. There's no uh, really? springtime. There's no honeymoon with her. Yeah. There, really, there, there is. There's about a week, and I mean that. Really? Know? Yeah. Before you're it's, no, not before you're addicted, but if if you like, I've done a lot of drugs in my time, and I like a lot of drugs. You know, they're interesting, they're exciting. If, if you don't abuse them, I think they yep. can add to your life. Absolutely. But if you like heroin, there's no drug effect. There's no narcotic effect. Mm. It will just sedate you. And if you like that, there's something wrong. Because yeah. life's not about sedation. Life's about engagement and, and connection. Yeah. And heroin's the opposite of both of them. And if you like that, I would suggest you need help. You know, I see kids. I, I, you know, I get a lot of young comics write yep. to me. What drugs do you take on stage? I'm like, well, as little as possible, yeah. really. Because I'm trying to fucking concentrate. Yeah. And they don't like to hear that. You know, they, <coughs> they want to hear... I don't know what they want to hear, but not that usually. And a lot of them are saying, oh, I, I tried crack or I tried heroin. And, and I... You're in trouble then. Mm. Well, I to, trying I'm, it, sorry, trying it doesn't put you in trouble. Yeah, and I know a lot of people like crack every few months. And yeah, yeah. if you like it, yeah. there's something wrong with you. And I mean that there's problems 
because you're running and you're running fast. Mm. It's a bit dark, isn't it? Well, no, because um, they say uh, uh, stuff like, you know, oxycodone and whatnot is more uh, powerful than heroin and all that, but it doesn't just sedate you. No, no. I, I, you know, ox is... There's a bit, there's a bit of... Di- the difference is... It, a lot of the problems around heroin is also the lifestyle and the yeah. ability to get it and the cost. You know, when yeah. when, I, when I've had access to it and had money, I can maintain my life, no problem, really. A few little problems. There are quite a few, I'm going to mention no names because I don't want John to get sued. Oh, all right then. No, I won't. <laughs> um, but there are some very high-profile kind of functioning heroin addicts. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. I mean, the, the Canadian, they call him the grandfather of sur- modern surgery. I can't remember his name or family. <coughs> But he was a heroin addict. Mm. He'd wake up and have his 250 milligrams every day. He invented anaesthesia and plastic gloves and things for surgery. And, it's, you know, you can just get With a it. stonking heroin addict. Yeah. When, when was heroin made illegal? Like the 20s or something, 1920s or something? It was invented. It's quite a funny yeah. one. You, you really can't get the staff with this one. They <laughs> invented heroin because morphine was too addictive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how long do you need to test a drug to know yeah. that it's, the, it's more addictive than morphine? In, in my ignorance, I thought heroin was the original and then uh, was, was, no. was from the plant. The, origi- the original is opium. Oh, that, yeah. You can cut the poppy and it'll come out. You can eat that and have a lovely time it's got codeine papavine and morphine in it and papavine is quite psychedelic morphine is very subdued mm. and codeine is just great so the three of them together it's nice this mm. is a quit de quincy etc mm. that sort of stuff a, a baudelaire etc etc um, and then out of that you there's loads of analogs you can make codeine good stuff um morphine of course very strong but heroin is more refined version mm. of morphine but now there's things like fentanyl yes which apparently is really strong yeah. <laughs> 10,000 times stronger or something but, and they're making synthetic again it comes it's prohibition is causing this yeah. there's nothing wrong with heroin it's fine we had it there's nothing wrong yeah. with weed we've got it but you pro- you prohibit it yeah. and then you get spice that you've, you've, you've yeah. had this a combustible product with a, a research chemical sprayed on it the homeless in London it's wrecked them because you withdraw from this mm. you smoke it and you start withdrawing and you don't withdraw mm. from weed do you weed never causes anyone any trouble it is you know they make it illegal and then the clever people go well we'll change one yep. molecule and it's not illegal anymore Absol- and that's it yeah that's what the research chemical thing is I mean you go on the dark net you can buy so many research chemicals and kids are as yep. I would have done now I won't god no I'm like veterinary products oh. I have had and like the worst mornings after I've had have mainly been of these what the so-called legal highs. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, awful. Oh, I, had, I remember it was a very expensive night out because I got <laughs> wasted in Brighton, uh, and then just didn't wake up the next day. I was staying in the a, <laughs> in a, a hotel. Mo- Kate Copsick has got a mohawk at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> she's so stressed from oh, this memory. She's holding well, her hands the main, on her. The main head. stress was I had to pay for a whole extra day in this hotel because I just didn't wake <laughs> oh, up. Oh no, they're awful. They're awful. God. But, um, and they're so out of the blue. There's no training there. You know, you've, mm, you've drunk for your life or you've yep, taken pills, you yep. know this. And there's a little bit of learning in that. And then suddenly these brand new things come along. You don't know what they are. I've had them and I've just felt so... Mm. What's the word? Jangled. Like, mm. oh, gosh, no. I'm sure it takes a lot to jangle you. <laughs> and they've done it, you see. <laughs> Mr. Bo Jangles. But, uh, a very decent comic told me that he, he didn't take drugs on stage. He didn't, take, he didn't take coke on stage because he didn't know what he was doing. He used to just drink Red Bull before a show. 
Oh, that's what you're drinking. Yeah. Right, don't you? Yeah. So it's about as rock and roll as John gets. But, but, I, I can't handle it. I can't stand can it. people function on, seriously function on coke or to just drive them? No, it makes you an arsehole. It's so boring. Yeah. It's just no, 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 I mean on stage. Well, on, on stage. Um, yeah. I think if you're... I mean, I, the line I always use with cocaine... And it's, the line, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy's good. I didn't ever snort Comedy it. I'm not, not, not going to waste a drug putting it up my nose. <laughs> <laughs> um, cocaine was invented for injection, yeah. weirdly. Uh, anyway. 7.5% solution, or whatever it was, that Sherlock Holmes took. <laughs> That's an amazing fact. Um, where were we now? I'm lost. We're at Coke. Can, can you actually... Do, I can't imagine performing on it. Are you a good really? performer on stage with Coke? It's just... I, you know, no, I don't think I'd be very good on cocaine uh, at a show. Have you done shows on... Sex Tourist was Valium. It was all about the Valium. And it was... Wow. Yeah. See, I I, never... I've never... I was... And especially if it was performance enhancing. I understand that some people say whatever, beta blockers or whatever. But for me, better means faster, sharper, clearer. And that's speed or coke. But weirdly, I've had, you know, when I take amphetamines, which I haven't done for <coughs> about 20 years, I would be quite relaxed. And they teach hyperactive kids, they give hyperactive kids uh, Ritalin, yeah. which is an amphetamine, essentially. Yeah. And when I used to do speed, I'd be quite relaxed. And, I, uh, and, and it's a bit like that with me. And when I take Valium, I can't stop talking. Uh-huh. And I, I, I'd done it. I didn't plan to do it. I just took a... Oh, it's, I got. Ah, on you go, come along. So You're I'm amongst in, friends. So I'm in Edinburgh. Like, I don't write my shows. The first yeah. night, I just got a few stories. I've told them before. Yeah. I put them together <coughs> under a title. If it works, great. I'll do that for the rest of the fringe. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, luckily, it's happened. It, it paid off twice. <coughs> I kind of lost my bottle on the first day. I was clean ish off of heroin, and I just thought. I'm in Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Found a big issue seller. Did you want to go up to Leaf, do you? He was like, yeah, all right. And I scored some heroin. And while we were there, this bloke was like, on in here. And I was like, yeah, all right, I will have some Valium. And he got out like 10 boxes and he only wanted like 20 quid or something. I was like, sweet. So I had some. I was terrified. I had, I, I'd, I'd, I'd been in the sun with this show. I'd got the horse to sponsor it. I'd built yeah. it up and I didn't have a show. And so I was at home. I was at Hardy Coley's house. Oh, my God. Tracking up into holding my leg. <laughs> up in these Valium. And I was thinking, what are you doing? Running <coughs> my business into the ground. All this. Uh, and and I, got, I got on that night and it was a very good show. And I, I left there and thought, I might have to try this Valium lark again. And the next day yeah. I did and... Four weeks of it. Marvellous. Yeah, and that's that story. Because, I mean, I've seen... um, I've been in uh, the audience when uh, someone came up... Doug Stanhope was on stage, and he was... I don't know what he'd taken or what he'd not taken. um, He was naturally high. He was, yeah. (laughs) He was drinking it, and somebody came up and gave him a pill. And it's you you go, well... This may sound a little odd, but it's not showing much respect for him as a comic when basically what you want yeah, is a right. trick pony yeah. that you can go, A, I wonder if he's crazy enough to take it, B, I wonder what it'll be like once it kicks in. But, you know, he took it. Didn't make that much I difference. Think, I think it's on YouTube, that one, actually. Yeah. He did do LSD on stage, and that's on YouTube, and yeah. it's fantastic. <laughs> it's funny if you've done acid because... Well, no, if you've done drugs, because you can see uh, yeah. it, it starting yeah. to work. A funny story with that. When I was doing my degree at Dartington, the art degree, I, I'd done a minor. You used to be able to do major and minors. Yep. 
I've done a minor in music, in contemporary music, okay. and I was studying like Boulez and Steve, the Minimalists, and, yes, yeah. uh, Schoenberg, Stockhausen. Yeah. I had a mate who was really into it all, and you know, doing acid and listening to Steve Reich's like for eighteen musicians, <laughs> and we'd plug it into a, a, a couple of guitar effects. So we'd have for eighteen musicians, which is really psychedelic anyway, through a Zoom, which was giving every single note a fifth harmony, and then through a modulated delay, and just. <laughs> It's something else. And then, so we got into performing, improvising on pianos. I've never been taught how to play the piano. I couldn't, I can't knock out Beatles songs, but I can hammer yeah. it and have fun. So we said, let's do a, let's do a, a show, what do you call it, a concert yeah. with two pianos. We'll call it for two pianos, you know, we're like, like young students. And we had these two grand pianos in the room at Dines and called the Round Room. And we, we had all these seats. We invited loads of people. They all turned up because it's an art college and they do that sort of thing. And we've got our nice three-piece suits somewhere. They weren't that nice. They're from charity shops. So we liked them with the dreadlocks and the army boots. It was a bit of a look. And um, it was a Friday night and all our friends were doing acid. And when you're doing acid, you kind of want to be on the same level as everyone Uh else. It takes about an hour to come up. So they were all going, I'm putting these blotters on their tongues. They were going, ah, unlucky, you've got a gig. And I said to Paul, my friend who I was doing it with, I said, look, it's going to take an hour to come up. Let's just do the blotters now. We'll do the gig. And then when we leave, go to the bar, student bar, we'll, we'll be on with everyone. He went, yeah, great idea. So taking it, of course. Can't find the keys to one of the pianos. <laughs> and now we're panicking. <laughs> we're running around, where's the key, where's the key? And of course, very quickly it was like, yeah. and then then next thing I'm I'm sitting in front of a grand piano with my friend there like his piano goes that way mine goes that way so the keyboard's in the line I can see him and he's just shaking his head he's terrified there's the audience (laughs) there about 100 people we're doing this and we kind of pulled it off it got recorded but there's one bit in it where I go I go Dang, 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 dang. And he goes, dang, dang, which is rainbow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just look at him. <laughs> yeah. You see, some people never have these experiences. And a lot, She's looking at a me. lot of today's, you know, generation snowflakes oh, yeah, exactly. are never going to have experiences like that. And I think they will be the less for it. No, mo- without doubt. I mean, I'm I- Mr. Clean. Carry and on. then there's, are you a good performer, John? No. Right, well, well there we go. There you go. I, you know, I, <coughs> you can run into a bit of a cliche if you're, if you're pretending you're bringing postcards back from the edge. I mean, mm. I, I, I've just made a lot of mistakes, but I was always aware that it's kind of fun to make mistakes because yeah. when you fuck things up, you, you lose control, and losing control is usually where you learn stuff. Exactly, and that's, it's a learning experience, Chris. That's the <laughs> it really thing. It really is. When we go down to our darkest, deepest places, that's where we learn. <laughs> I think it is, though. <laughs> I think fast. You know, I think, you know, success in this life is often kind of means to be in control. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, successful people, like you look at athletes or businessmen mm-hmm. and that, they've, they've just got it all worked out, and it's dull as fuck. Yep. I, you know, I mean, there's somebody, a place for it. Yeah. Right? But somebody said you know, everything is, every mistake is, it's a real learning experience, even if all that you learn is never to do it again. Yeah, yeah, I think so. This is Robin Williams' approach to performing. What, suicide? No, 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 just to scream. That's. You've just summed up Robin Williams' entire career in... It's a bit uncool. It's as, as if he was in the room, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's a bit uncool, but I quite like Robin Williams. I used to like him. Is it uncool? I, I love Robin no, Williams. Like nanu, him. nanu, humour. Don't they? Why? I there was a like bit him. of a Michael McIntyre thing with him, I found. I used to say oh. I like Robin Williams and people yeah. were like... Mm. 
There's oh, a real snobby. The comedians are really snobby. Oh, they? they're unbelievable snobby and backbiting. Because yeah. they always, they always said that. Oh, no, that's the quote. That's that's the coptic quote. Never yeah. allow Robin Williams into your gig because he'll steal all your jokes. And you go, he's Robin fucking Williams. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah. Need, doesn't need to steal jokes. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's strange, isn't it? Who you who you meant to like? Oh, I, no. I really like Bob Monkhouse. Oh, well, he's a genius. He was brilliant, yeah. 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 Utter genius. But then, I, but, then, and, but then there's some of those old comics that I really don't get. I get nothing. Um, um, Charlie Chaplin, I got, I, yeah. I've got no, nothing. I, I never liked Charlie just Chaplin. Like, no. I can't, it's um, all the silent comedy completely past me. It's clowns <coughs> and it? I don't get clowns. No, you're right, that's it. Buster Keaton, is it? Yeah. Is that, no. And I don't get stupidity. I don't understand why... Stupidity is meant to be funny. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> well, you know why. That's why you asked. Yeah, no, I'm with that. I just. But then Bob, Bob Monkhouse was had had a reputation of being smarmy and insincere, didn't he? Yeah. And, oh. and in fact, he wasn't. He no, was, he was actually very, very sincere. No, he but, was just very emotional. He would cry it's not, easily. It's an odd thing when people say that about comics because I, I'm not making conversation with him. He's there to make me laugh. Well, so exactly. He, he can yeah. do what he wants backstage. It's a performance. Yeah. But you know, then you know when comedy came became political and everything, and now it's you know the worst thing you can do in your life is not write your own material. Uh, what you're meant to do is say you write your, your own material and secretly have somebody else write your material <laughs> who's sworn to secrecy. When I, because I, I was very naive when I used to watch panel shows growing up, I didn't realise that they had writers. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise it was basically theatre. Yeah. And weirdly, I talked to Trevor Locke about this. It made me actually a better comic because I thought I had to be <coughs> that quality. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, if you give me a line, I need to be able to give you five, ten minutes back. Yeah. And when I found out, I was, I was devastated. I felt like I'd been absolutely Well, calmed. yeah. You know, and I, I don't think they need to do that. I think it would be better if it was just improvised. Give them those questions now. But, but I think some it's... of them, but some of these guys are just not that, they're not that funny, they're not that fast, they're not that smart. They're, they're not very good comics. No. I, I don't watch them anymore. And, and also the, the, the skill of being on a panel show is different right, to yeah. the skill of being... And then... If you look back at uh, early, not so much now because they got so much flack for it. You look at early um, uh, mock the week. Right. It was very gladiatorial. You know, and you at the beginning, it was basically the Frankie Boyle show because <laughs> nobody dared interrupt him. And he, and if anybody else was speaking, he's a little like me, he would just keep on speaking more loudly than them <laughs> until everyone else gave up. So it's it you is a different. See what I just did there with John. Yeah. It is a, a different skill from um, <coughs> from normal stand-up. Have a quick, Chris. Hang on. I was just going to just point out that John Fleming, did you have any of these? No. He had four whole caramel fingers. I'm on a diet. And they won't tell you where he put them. <laughs> hey! <laughs> they, Absolutely uh, fucking And hilarious. they weren't caramel to begin with. If you'd had five, I'd have given you a hand. Hey! <laughs> Uh, this is oh, gold. Who said I couldn't go on a panel show? Fool's gold. Fool's gold. You know what? I was thinking about this earlier today. Oh, it's interesting that we go on to that, and I say I couldn't because um, what's his name? Jeff Whiting. I listened to one of his podcasts, yep. and he said I was the best comedian he'd seen in 15 years at the Fringe, and he could wow. not stop say it going on about me. And I was at it in my headphones, walking around the park, around Knightsbridge. I was like, this is fucking brilliant. You know, I need that shit. I really do. And then there was a bit at the end where he said, but it'd be no good for clubs. And that was oh, so yeah, hard yeah, for me because I've had, I've had television people take yeah. me to their offices, yeah. chat away, and then yeah. I get a, letter, a couple of days later, great stuff, really loved you, no good for telly. Yeah. Well, so what? no good for clubs, no good for telly, no good for this, no good, what am I, just the fringe? Why, why would you know, be no good for telly? 
you're, you're editable. Well, I. Well, what with his bleeding eyes full of heroin? And, and it's all you that, know. and it's all the stuff that will come out afterwards. They, they don't like it. Yeah, that's uh, they don't like it up them. No, and no, they. No. But no, no, but you, you just record you for three hours and cut it down to half an hour. So but then, I, mean, then I know you missed the essence, but we, we don't. You, you edit, if you edit it carefully, I haven't been um, secretive about who I am, and it's yeah. just not marketable. Yeah. But but you've just said, you know, um, uh, YouTube is the second search engine after Google, and people, uh, you, you can get millions yep. of hits on online, and there are very few television programmes that get millions oh, of viewers. They, they are smashing television so, out of the water, the view counts. I mean, so the future is not television. Yeah. Uh, you should not give a flying oh, fuck that some twat in a suit... Uh, in an expensive office says that you're not good for television. But it is one of the things, I think it's one of the hardest things for comedians. It certainly was for me. I kind of made my peace with it. But I hear it and see it of young comics all the time. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm having trouble digesting it. What's it chocolate called? Chocolate love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a mouth full of chocolate, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He's been twixed. And for the first time. Twixed. I can do with two ounces of methamphetamine up my ass, but a twix in the mouth is real drama. Um, There's a song in that, sure. One you heard hardest... it first here. <laughs> Sorry, still there, but this toffee slope went on. Anyway, I might have a lisp. Um, one of the hardest things for me, like I say, when I started... Well, not when I started, I was about four or five years in, but I see it in new comics all the time, is them watching people who are not necessarily substandard, but they have a different set of skills, progressing, and them not moving, when clearly they have ability, and clearly they have a, a live comedic talent. And then these other people just flying. Yep. And it's hard to, it's hard to accept. And, and it's just because... Because it's there's this umbrella comedy, but there's so many different things under yeah. it. You wouldn't expect to put your like death metal thrash band on telly, yeah. uh, you know. And but absolutely, but and it's it, huge. Yeah, and it's really difficult. It's difficult, you know. I saw acts come up um, a couple of years after me, and and they were like signed. Sometimes this was quite a, weird to me. Sometimes after gigs, it was like deadline. Uh, transfer deadline day at football. Everyone's like, who, who, who signed? Yeah. Oh, you know, he signed with so and so. And I was like, signed with this is vile. This isn't what yeah. I'm here for. Yeah. And then people are like that. And that's become more and more yeah. and more. And I, you know, you don't need an agent until you've got a contract. But a new comedian will be at a gig going, yeah. I've got an agent coming yeah. to see me. I'm like, why? What, what to book you for an open mic gig? What? Because all these agents will do, because all the agents want to do is sell you. Mm. And they can only sell you if you fit the mould. So the first thing they're going to do is go, you really shouldn't be doing that. Mm. And, you know, um, I've got some telly people coming in, so can you wear a long-sleeved shirt so you don't see the tats? And and please don't drink before the show. Uh, And they they just want to squeeze you into the box, because if you're squeezed into the box, then they can sell you more easily. Yeah, absolutely. And the things they ask... I mean, I've got friends who... They they went out drinking and celebrating when they got signed. Mm. And it was a bit creepy, I found... And then, of course, two weeks later, they're being sent to Felix yeah. Go to do 20 minutes for 60 quid. Yeah, and then, absolutely. And then Tuesday, it's um, Paynton in Devon, and I wouldn't do that. I just wouldn't. I yeah. don't think it would work. But it's difficult. It's difficult. Because but it's, it's only, you know, it's, it's like a lot of... It's become difficult because it's become an industry and because people, new young comics, have got kind of the sort of the wrong attitude to it. Absolutely. You know, it was... Once, you know, it was vaudeville and it was in your blood. And you know, then it was the clubs. And it was, it was a fight. And you had to want to fight that fight, yep. you know, to get on. And then it became political and it was about 
the message. So when's that? You're talking about like mid eighties or mid early eighties. And it, it became it became about the message and it was all writing your own stuff and it was all Maggie 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 out out out. Yeah, like Ben Elton and yeah. that period. And okay. all that lot. And then little bit by little bit by little bit it went back towards the mainstream, although mainstream was always a dirty word, because comics are egotists and they, they want the attention. They, and television, round about the same time, got the idea that, oh, hello, young people like comedy. Yeah, so yeah. if we have comedy, then we'll, we'll capture that... You know, young, especially the the holy grail in sort of the 90s was a young male audience, 16 to 30 wow. male audience. And it was all, comics will get you that. And and bit by bit, because uh, television is fucking stupid, um, it, it com- comedy had become kind of like the magic bullet. We've got a shit show, get it presented by a comic, that'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. And so, so people are going into comedy now, not because they've got anything to say, not because they feel in their bones that they're funny, not because, I mean, Mark Steele says that real comics could never do anything else. They yeah, because they can't. Uh, they just have to be comics. Yeah. So there's very, very few of these. Most of them want to be famous and rich. And... And it makes for a shit industry that has lost its heart and lost its soul and add into that the social twats who you're not allowed to say anything about anybody now. And it's a dangerous time for comedy. It really is. And I think, luckily, as long as the internet maintains a certain amount of autonomy, that route will still be there. I mean, I can put out four videos a day because I need to, because I could, I've, I've, got to, I've got to talk and know it's being heard. But if that wasn't there, I mean, God, I don't know. I don't know. But I think telly's on its way out, isn't it? Got to be. It's got to be. What are you doing, Flynn? He wants, to fi- he wants a big finish. We've got to give him a big finish. Oh, this happens. Right, oh, okay. yeah, because he presses that little thing okay. and it's a big finish. Right, what can we do for a big finish? He hasn't pressed it yet, though. We're no, he hasn't recording. pressed it. No, we're still recording. Hang on, so I'm But that's because we're waiting for the big finish, you see. I, I love pressing my little thing. Okay. Yeah, he likes it. So we've got to have, have a big finish. The big finish is... Right, I, thought for the day. Can oh. I just say our Ruth? It went down very well last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I've done about 20 rehabs in my time. The most successful one was when I stayed in a brothel in Patong in Thailand for six weeks and I got clean. And it what? Was, didn't. Yeah, I you ab- didn't? I absolutely did. No, I did. I all... left Thailand clean. I hadn't used anything for five weeks. When I thought I, I talked to you afterwards. You were all out of your brain. Yeah. When I got back, I didn't last very long, but I did get clean. <laughs> you tried to make me go to rehab. <laughs> I said yes. But I have. Uh, Patom is my spiritual home. I, have, uh, I cry when I get off the aeroplane in Phuket. I really do. Um, I love the place. I, I, I well enough now. I tried to make a video about it and I couldn't because I was too emotional. I, God knows why. It's really weird. I love the place, and I've just written a novel about that experience. But the weird thing is, I've just written a novel, all ninety thousand words now. Okay, now I'm going back to do it again. What rehab again? Uh, the the Patong brothel rehab. Yeah. Because you, why, why do you need to do rehab? Well, I'm sure you can guess. To be honest, time to have a break, mate. Bit of a clean, bit of a spring clean. <laughs> In Patong. <laughs> 